0: But here's all you guys have to do every time. Take my views or are a minority view on this campus. No, here's all you got to do every time. And then do it, you do. it does. It has everything to do with my views. On a Tuesday
1: in October, a crowd of 150 people, people, people gathered, people gathered of outside of, of Jeanette Rankin, of Rankin Hall. And that's all have to One do man do stood in the middle off. of the mall. All he was he yelling and waving his arms out. around. The, do- the crowd circled around him, and they yelled back. It's illegal what you're doing. I'm Eleanor Smith, and this is your Cast for the week of October 24th. This time, why are traveling preachers coming to campus, and what can students do to properly react? Open-air preachers visited UM's campus a few weeks ago. No matter what you think of them, they're likely going to come back. So if you're wondering who they are, what they're doing, and how you can properly react to what they say, then stick around. Tobin Shearer works for the University of Montana in the History Department. He's the director of African American Studies and Graduate Studies, but before he started working for the university, he got his degree in Religious Studies and History. He knows a lot about religion, but he also knows a lot about campus dynamics. According to him, the preachers aren't a new phenomenon.
2: I've been here 15 years. I would say... On average, at least every other year, there's someone at some point in the course of the year doing that same thing. The evangelical sort of belligerence has been recurrent over time.
1: The preachers are usually evangelists. They come in a million different flavors of religion, but the goal is basically to convert people to their beliefs. If you're super secular like me, you may be thinking, if they wanted people to join their church, maybe they should be nicer about how they recruit them. How does screaming insults into a crowd of 20-somethings make them hungry for Jesus? But according to Shearer, the yelling is on purpose. There are two main pieces to the thought process. The first one has to do with location. Where is the belly of the beast so that they can go and get a reaction?
2: The conservative evangelical community has long had a love-hate relationship with the academy. But I think universities are seen as these bastions of secularism, and therefore... This is a place that you go to regardless of whether you have a warm welcome or not. So it's both of those things coming together that makes a place like this very attractive to look for a platform to get people riled up.
1: The concept is called the tip of the spear. They want to show their peers in these evangelical groups that they're spearheading change and preaching the word of God to heathens, which apparently are UM students. The more angry the crowd gets, the more proof they have that they're preaching in the thick of it all. The stronger the reaction, the stronger the proof they're making an impact on people. The second reason has to do with cloud.
2: There is a certain psychological reward that comes from engaging with an antagonist, where within some outward facing evangelical circles, You get props if you are in the midst where you are having to push back against the world and the atheism and the antagonists who don't believe in Christianity. So there's that sort of implicit reward that comes from having had this kind of engagement.
1: So we know the whole screaming in a big crowd of people thing is on purpose. They get props within their groups. But that still doesn't answer the recruitment question. Does anyone join their church after they visit campuses? Although it may seem like indiscriminate chaos, there's a method to the sign-waving madness. Travis McAdam works for the Montana Human Rights Network. He usually researches how to combat white supremacy. The preachers aren't in the same exact camp as white supremacists, but the two do share some recruitment tactics.
0: They want to create a somewhat hostile environment and try to get people passing by to engage with them and generally engage with them in negative ways. And they want that for a couple of reasons. One, it allows them to portray themselves as these victims, even though it's based on a situation that they've created. But it allows them to pretend that they're the victims, they're the ones under attack. And in doing that, if they record it, which most of these groups will do, they record it They post it on social media, they use it to recruit members, they use it to raise money. And so it's not about discussion. It's not about an open exchange of ideas. It's about trying to create a hostile environment to generate reactions that they can then capture on video and use for their purposes on social media.
1: The goal isn't to recruit people on campus. It's to make a social media campaign. They want to recruit people that at least partially agree with their ideas already. It could be a less evangelical Christian or somebody who just has conservative beliefs that partially overlap with that of the evangelical groups. And according to McAdams,
0: They're into some of these ideas. They've been exposed to some of these beliefs. Like, can we draw them in a little bit more into our inner circle?
1: You can clock this type of recruitment through three things. Causing a scene where one wasn't before, recording it, and using it on social media later. So we know what they're doing and we know who they're trying to recruit, but we still don't know who they are or why they're allowed to stay on campus. Because of free speech laws, anyone is allowed to protest on university property since it's public land. And no, you cannot ask them to leave unless they are threatening direct violence, which some of the preachers danced around but never outright said. So that's why they're allowed on campus. But who are they? Does anyone remember Sign Guy? He was the open-air preacher in the paperboy cap and a short sleeve button-down. His sign said, hell awaits. His name is Daniel John Lee. He has a laundry list of different beliefs, and we won't get into them. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No matter what religion the preachers follow or what they think, the effect is the same, and they can't be asked to leave campus. If you're curious about who they are or what they stand for, it's pretty easy to figure out with some targeted Googling. There's a wide array of different opinions and beliefs in these groups, and not all preachers are the same. So just know the next time you see one, they're not regulated, so there's no way to know what they'll come at you with. So what are you supposed to do if another open-air preacher tries to cause a scene on campus again? Travis McAdams says the best way to beat them is to distract from them. He says that if you know an open air preacher will be on campus, then you should plan an alternate event like an impromptu concert or free food or anything else that will distract from the preacher without acknowledging their presence.
0: I think that's really the key is to have campus communities think through how do we want to respond that doesn't just feed into what they want. And I think there's a lot of different ways campuses can do that. I think if people are aware that that these preachers are coming ahead of time, there's always the opportunity for students, student groups, faculty members, administrators, or whatever, to have their own event somewhere else on campus. That's really, again, reaffirming this idea that our campus is welcoming and safe for everyone, that just because these soapbox sermonizers are showing up and that they're on campus, doesn't mean that the campus community condones or accepts those messages.
1: But open-air preachers don't always give notice before they show up. And if you don't have time to prepare an outside event...
0: In other places where a person with a tuba and a bagpiper just decide to practice very nearby, you'll see groups of students like get out a Bluetooth speaker and have like a spontaneous dance party nearby. Um, And so I think in those situations, often... People who want to feel like they're doing something more direct are able to show that these people don't represent campus, but do it in a way that doesn't engage, that doesn't feed into that hostility, doesn't create that narrative that these soapbox sermonizers want where they can portray themselves as victims.
1: Preston Rhodes works as the pastor at Resonate Church on campus. He moved here in 2019 to start the branch of Resonate here in Missoula. Since then, they've been one of the most predominant Christian groups on campus. Rhodes acknowledges that there are a wide variety of preachers on campus, and he doesn't always agree with them. But the university is a free speech zone, and according to him and the law, the preachers have a right to be there. Rhodes was out of town when this story was reported, but he was available to respond to some questions over email. His final statement goes as follows. We at Resonate want every student at the University of Montana to know that we love them, we pray for them often, and we would love to have a chance to become their friend and share the gospel of Jesus with them. In other news, UM UMPHD alum shares his parasite knowledge with Missoula, and Curry Health fields students' input on counseling fees and services. In arts, scary movies to watch this Halloween. And new cutting-edge glass teaches student fantasy combat. And finally in sports, UM football recruiting coordinator Justin Green says the two biggest challenges in getting potential football players to come to UM is the cost of recruiting visits and Montana's little-known reputation across the country. That's it for this week's episode. Join us next week for our special Halloween episode. We'll see you then.